Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morning, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. You are about to hear an hour worth of me answering questions. So whatever you have questions about, now is the time to ask them. Just dial in at 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222. As it stands now, right now, I have six, no, eight open lines to answer whatever questions you may have. You name it, I've got questions about it. So now's the time. But... The real reason I'm hoping to talk to you at the moment is to clarify a rumor before it gets started. Oh, yes. Now, I know uh, for the majority of the weekend, you're going to get to hear Curtis saying uh, any number of things in which he, let's say, stretches the truth. Well, I wanted to let you know, as you might have heard, I am having a barbecue tomorrow, Saturday. So... I wanted to let you know that Curtis, whatever he says, was 100% absolutely invited to this barbecue. I asked Curtis about this yesterday, or the, uh, actually three days ago. I said, Curtis, I don't want you to be able to say that you weren't invited to this barbecue, so you're invited. I know you have to work. I know you probably can't be there, but I want you to come and you're invited. Curtis's reaction was, oh, well, I have to make sure that I don't hear this. I have to, uh, I didn't hear that. I'm going to, you know, close my ears and make sure that uh, I don't hear what you just said. And I am going to come up with all sorts of reasons why I wasn't invited to this barbecue. Curtis, you are invited. No, 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 no. I didn't hear that. Curtis, no, no, you heard it. Yes, I'm telling you, you're invited. You came last year. And Curtis's response was, no, 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 I'm not invited. I, it'll be so much more fun this way. Uh, I'm going to come up with all sorts of reasons as to why that's the case. So uh, make of it what you will, but uh, Curtis was invited in spite of whatever he says Saturday and Sunday morning. That's that. All right. I'm going to take your questions in just a moment. Give me a call, 1-800-848-9222. If you want to send a question in via email, you can. Frank.Morano at WABCRadio.com. That's Frank.M-O-R-A-N-O at wabcradio.com and even if there's time if there's a lull we'll may even take some of your questions that you send in via facebook or twitter you can find me on facebook at uh, facebook.com slash morano fan that's facebook.com slash m-o-r-a-n-o fan i'll see you in just a minute to be continued the other side of midnight Local Spotlight. Good morning, everybody. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. I mentioned that uh, my friend Brian Goldstein was uh, hanging out with us here in studio today. One of the things Brian and I have always enjoyed doing for literally decades since we were young teenagers is playing ping pong. I'm still a fan of ping pong. 
And yet, leave it to my colleague, Curtis Lewa, who does a, a fine job every day at noon, uh, right after uh, Brian Kilmeade and uh, Bill O'Reilly. Leave it to him to somehow demonize my mission to get a ping pong table here at the radio station. And this is very impressive. I didn't think I would ever be able to see Curtis do this. He somehow was able to tie in my fondness for ping pong, my uh, level of enthusiasm for being a good workplace citizen, and uh, someone who may or may not be a member of organized crime that I happen to be friendly with. Listen to this. This took place at noon. Tommy Schatzgioli was brought in front of a judge at Eastern District Federal Court earlier today. He had won $250,000 from us to suck at taxpayers in a slip-and-fall lawsuit over a ping-pong injury. He was playing ping-pong, right, in the rec room? He slipped and fell. We got to pay him $250,000, and the judge says, no, 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 no. You may have won 250000 but Tommy Shantzioli, you got to pay restitution to your many victims, some of whom you murdered or ordered their murders. And so he's going to be out of pocket and probably going to be moaning and groaning and crying. And by the way, beware, Lou. Frank Morano keeps uh, advocating to management here that we have a ping pong table put in our rec room here at WABC. You notice the linkage? Can you believe that? Tommy Gioli is actually having a a very tough time, uh, as I understand it. He has release date in November, but he's supposed to be in a halfway house uh, for six months before he's released. Now, by those calculations, he should have been out two months ago, and now they're trying to put him on a plane and move him. He hasn't seen a doctor at all after his heart attack on May 24th and all of that, and he's very worried about getting on an airplane. He never even got his medical records from the hospital. I find this absolutely outrageous. It's one thing to have Curtis make fun of you on the radio or make fun of Tommy Schatz, but if the government treated anybody except people that are accused of being members of La Cosa Nostra like this, there would be an outrage. Could you imagine if they did this to an accused terrorist or an accused BLM leader? There would be riots in the streets over this. And yet we just shrug our shoulders and uh, listen to Curtis uh, make up things about, uh, about killing a nun, which, of course, never happened. We'll continue in just a minute. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morning, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. As I mentioned last weekend, we were in Atlantic City, took Carmine for his very first trip. He was a big hit out there. They loved him at the boardwalk. They loved him at the Hard Rock. And I did not come back a loser, which is a very important thing. But while I was out there, we may get into this a little bit more tomorrow when we do the AC report. But while I was out there, I met with some of the local elected officials out there, and I learned something very interesting. Evidently, they have just put uh, they've just agreed to a referendum to put on the ballot where the voters of Atlantic City are going to get an opportunity to do away with parties. Imagine that. 
You go to vote, and instead of seeing Republican Frank Morano, Democrat Brian Goldstein, you just see Frank Morano and Brian Goldstein. Wouldn't that be refreshing? People don't stigmatize you for being a Republican in a Democratic city or a Democrat in a Republican city. You run based on your ideas, your ideas, your background, your experiences, your vision for the community. Now, it was Fiorello LaGuardia, the former mayor of New York City, that said uh, decades ago that there's no Republican or Democratic way to clean a street. When it comes to municipal governance, I couldn't agree more. I am big time in favor of this referendum. Then another interesting thing happened. As we were driving home, we had to get some gasoline and we end up in the town of Holmdale. And I don't know much about Holmdale. I don't think I know anybody that lives there. I think we get callers from Holmdale once in a while. But from what I can tell, they're having an upcoming special election in a few weeks where the same question is on the ballot. Should they be switching from uh, the current system they have to nonpartisan elections? I have to tell you, whether it's Holmdale, whether it's Atlantic City, whether it's New York City or anything else, I am a big, big believer in nonpartisan elections because for the same reason Fiorello LaGuardia was. There really is no Democrat or Republican way to clean a street. Delivering Delivering municipal services should be about putting out fires, cleaning up trash, arresting bad guys, and uh, improving the city as a whole. It shouldn't be about waging ideological warfare. It makes me laugh when I see very well-qualified people running for office in New York or Atlantic City who have no chance of ever getting elected because they happen to be Republican. Why should their views on uh, marginal tax rates or the death penalty or the war in Ukraine have anything to do with their prospects of getting elected? The reality is uh, they have no chance of getting elected in a Democratic city if they have that Republican label. And the same thing goes if you're a Democrat running in a Republican community. So whether it's Atlantic City, Homedale, or any other municipality in America, count me as a yes vote for nonpartisan elections anywhere and everywhere. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morning, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. You remember that scene in Forrest Gump? There's a lot of very funny scenes in Forrest Gump where Forrest is running all across the country and he wipes his face on a, on a shirt. His face happens to be muddy and he hands it to back to the person that gave him the shirt and the person gets the idea for the smiley face. Well, shockingly, that's not actually how the smiley face was invented. Nearly 50 years ago, one man invented the modern smiley face. And then another man halfway across the world made it into a multi-million dollar cash cow. And as we stand here now or sit here or lie down here, however you happen to be listening to us, the smiley face business is worth about $500 million. So the smiley company office in London is a wonder to behold. They have smiley paintings on the walls, smiley push pillows adorning the couches, smiley backpacks, t-shirts, you get the picture. In 1963, a Massachusetts-based freelance artist named Harvey Ball received a life-changing call from a local client. State Mutual Life Insurance Company had just merged with an out-of-town competitor and employee morale was waning. They needed some kind of quirky and fun design to lift spirits around the office. It took this fella 10 minutes to produce his famous solution, a bright yellow circle with black oval eyes 
and a creased smile. For his work, he was paid the princely one-time fee of $45. That is worth that is about $376 in modern modern accounts. This is the first instance of a smiley face. It wasn't, of course, the first. There were crude versions of the smiley face going back 4,000 years, but Ball's version of it struck a chord and it ushered the smiley face into mainstream American culture. But he didn't make millions. Someone else did. Halfway across the world in Paris, France, a young journalist named Franklin Lufrani, it's always a Frank, isn't it? Had his own stroke of invention. Lufrani had foregone college and joined his first newspaper at 19 with very little formal training. But according to those who knew him, he was an entrepreneurial spirit, a marketing guy who was always coming up with stuff. So in 1971, while working for a newspaper, he became fed up with the constant stream of negative news and decided to design a symbol that would alert readers of positive stories. His creation, a smiling yellow face, bore a pretty strong resemblance to Mr. Ball's. But unlike Ball, he foresaw the symbol's marketing potential and immediately secured a trademark. And now you know the rest of the story. 